0: Guys, it is Wednesday afternoon, and I was going to film, actually, this video or this podcast on YouTube. Actually, you just heard the camera. It's dying, so unfortunately... This one will not be on YouTube, even though I wanted it to be, it just is what it is. I wasn't prepared, just jumped into this. This was on my to-do list and I needed to get it done. So, you know, in my true fashion, I just jump in with both feet and do a podcast. So here we go. So I went to the gym this morning. I did uh, some, I did my, I call it a quiet time. So spending time with the Lord is what I call it really. But I got those two things done and out of the way. Then I finished up the Bradley maintenance that I started a few days ago. What happened with that is I started the Bradley maintenance. I was going to change the oil for the last time. Well, the first time and the last time for the season. And so I drained all the oil. I bought this new uh, this oil sucker thing where you stick a tube down in the oil fill and you suck out all the oil out of the engine. It works pretty fantastically, I have to say. Tony Rudolph with uh, the Lawn Talk podcast or Tony's Lawn Care on YouTube, he uh, told me about this little contraption thing when we were down at the Equip Expo. And I told him, well, we were sitting at breakfast, and I told him, I was like, I'm going to buy one when I get home. And that's what I did. I actually bought mine from Harbor Freight. Uh, he told me that there's several different kinds out there, and one was from Harbor Freight. And so I jetted off to Harbor Freight, picked one up, because it's really going to save some time. Once I get the hang of using it, it took me a while to get the hang of using it, because it has several different hoses, and you got to use the right ones, and different stuff like that, so I finally got the oil all drained out of it, and it was really slick once I got it figured out, it was really slick, and the only problem was, today when I took the oil filter off, there was more oil in the oil filter than there normally was when I would change the oil on the Toro Multiforce, so that was a little bit of an issue, it was kind of messy, so I don't know how I can fix that, but uh, I'm going to try to remedy that somehow. Anyway, neither here nor there. So I got that completed today. I started it and what happened is Bradley, when I purchased the mower, they gave me two bottles of oil, two quarts of oil, and this box, which I thought was an oil filter. Well, it turns out I got home And I didn't open the box and I didn't touch the oil because I didn't need to. You know, it didn't need an oil change for another 50 hours. So I just used the mower the rest of the season. And then, so now I go to change the oil. I drain all the oil out and I open this box and it's not an oil filter. It is a carburetor. I'm like, what in the world? Why would they give me a carburetor? I don't need a carburetor. I need an oil filter. You gave me two bottles of oil. It it should have been an oil filter, not a carburetor. So I'm thinking that they probably just gave me the wrong thing. And so it, it just, it it is what it is. I'm going to keep the carburetor. You know, obviously it was their mistake. I get it. You shouldn't go handing things out like that. So, uh, it is what it is, but uh, I had to order an oil filter online. And so I ordered that, and it took a couple days to get in. So I've been waiting to cross this this oil change off of my to-do list. I finally just finished it up about 15 minutes ago. I'm super happy that that's gone off the list, but now I've got you know a whole bunch more stuff on the list. So it is what it is. I just went over that because I told you about it in the last podcast that I have this to-do list, and so I thought it'd be interesting for you all to hear a little bit about the 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 famed to-do list. So today, guys, I don't really have a topic to talk about, honestly. I've been racking my brain trying to think about what I'm going to talk about, a specific topic, and nothing really came to mind, but I do want to touch on, this is going to be a pretty short episode, what I do want to touch on is... Working now in the off season on different things for the spring. All right, now here in Michigan we I deal with snow, but it doesn't snow every day here in Michigan. We don't plow snow every day in Michigan. So right now, in fact, it is super windy out. Uh, we I just covered this past weekend. I put the cover on our on our RV. We have like this cover that came with the RV. You put that on the RV every winter because, you know, you want to do that if you can't store it inside. It's the next best thing. Well, this wind has just ripped this cover to shreds. I mean, it's done. It's completely done. It's ripped all down the side. It's awful. So once this wind dies down, I have to undo the cover and take it off and throw it away and then we're going to have to order another one I'm going to have to redo it but it is what it is I can't control the wind but anyway so snow it doesn't snow every day here so I have a lot of time to think and prepare for next spring and I've been thinking a lot about getting rid of a day of work so that I have Friday completely open so that if I want I don't have to work or I can do maintenance, or I can do paperwork, or I can do shrub trimming, or I can install mulch, or I can do aerations, whatever I need to do on that, that fifth day of the week so that my work doesn't bleed into the weekend. And I'm really looking forward to that. But at the same time, I need to make sure that I have, that I'm replacing that income And so I've been thinking a lot about how I can do this. And I've told you guys that I'm thinking about doing some tractor work, maybe buying a tractor and getting into tractor work, but I'm not going to start really advertising that too much until the spring. I don't have a tractor. I don't have any tractor equipment. I just want to advertise first before I get the equipment so that I have work lined up before I have that particular equipment so that I know that I've got money in coming in before I even purchase the equipment. It's the smart way to do it. It's, it's kind of a risky way to do it. You may not land some of these jobs because you don't actually have the equipment. You don't actually have pictures of you doing the work. And so it's going to be hard to start in that. I get it. All right. So it it is what it is, but that that's neither here nor there. So I'm thinking of different ways to become more efficient. That's part of you know this podcast is bec- helping you guys become more efficient, but also to just to just be honest with you guys. And so I, I want to be more efficient. So what I'm going to be really looking at and have been looking at for this spring is purchasing a 36 inch stander. And because I now have experience with Bradley mowers, I'm really looking at the Bradley mowers, the Bradley stand-on 36-inch, because that could come in very handy for mowing boulevards, which I push mow right now, and gated backyards, which a lot of those I push mow as well. Now, there's, there's one in particular where I will not still be able to get 36 in. So I still have to carry that 30 inch mower, but pretty much everything else for push mowing will be eliminated. It will be just a few little jobs that need to be push mowed. And really I could almost uh, weed eat those areas. So it will help me become more efficient because right now the gravely sit down zero turn that I have it's a 42 inch which is nice it's nice to have that 42 inches of deck however it's slow and the cut quality isn't great and so I want to increase the speed and the efficiency and the cut quality so that I don't have to double cut everything with the gravely mower I can just have this 36 it's a little smaller but it will do the job faster So that's where I'm leaning right now, and I know a lot of you guys listening have already gone this route. You've already done this, and I I see the value in it, but at the same time, a Bradley stand-on 36-inch mower is just over $5,000. The Gravely is paid for, and that was $3,000. So that's where I get frustrated all the time thinking about these improvements is how do I justify going out and spending $5,000 more on a brand new piece of equipment when I have a piece of equipment, it's not quite as efficient, but it's paid for and it's here and it can do the job. And that's the rub. And so I want to to make this purchase and I get it selling the gravely mower. I'll probably get, you know, $2,000 out of it. Maybe, maybe 1500, you know, residential is much different than commercial equipment. Um, so I might only get 1500 out of it. That's fine. Uh, it'll, at least it'll give me something. The resale on it won't be great, but it'll be something. And so, you know, I, I get it, but at the same time, I use that gravely to pull my pull behind aerator. So in that case, I might have to break down and buy something like a Z-Raider or get a, um, oh, what is the, 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 the plug air or not the plug aerator, the scoop aerator that is made for like, it's the Jarco or the JRco or whatever they call it, um, that aerator. That can go on the front of a zero turn, throw that on the 36 or the 52 and do it that way. So, but that's more money. That's more money spent. And so I I always am re I am very patient. I'm very calculating when it comes to purchasing a new piece of equipment. And I like to think through every single scenario and beat the thought to death because I don't want to spend money needlessly. Because that is how you get yourself into trouble with money. Because look, Mike Andes has talked about this. That piece of equipment isn't right off the bat. If you, had, if you started with no customers, nothing, buying, going out and buying that piece of equipment is not going to make you a single cent of revenue. You have to sell. You have to put that money, you would be better off putting that money into marketing and spending $5,000 on marketing than you would be on buying that piece of equipment because buying the piece of equipment does not get you any jobs. It's the marketing that gets you the jobs. And so that's the hard part about buying equipment for me. That's why I'm so patient with this, with this tractor business thought. Like I want to get some work lined up before I buy the equipment because it's an expensive investment. And so a lot of guys have said, oh, the money will come. The money will come if you buy the piece of equipment. Yeah, maybe, or maybe not because I'm in an agricart- agricultural community. There's a lot of people that have tractors around here. There's a lot of farmers that are happy to to go grade your driveway for free or let you borrow a tractor with a grader, you know, that's just the way the farming community is. They're very generous. And so maybe I don't have that opportunity in my area within the three, with the within the three counties that are around me. And so that's always that there's so many things to think about when you're expanding your business and it's It's so much more than just buying a piece of equipment. You really need to do your due diligence and figure out if if your market is going to support you buying that piece of equipment and that it's actually going to make you money. So that's the thought with the tractor and the 36 inch stand on mower. I want to be more efficient. I want to be faster. At the same time, I already have a paid for machine that does the job. It's pretty slow, but it does the job. So that's where that's where my thoughts are on that. And so I'm I'm looking at all different kinds of things that I'm I'm getting ready to do in my business. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest changes that I'm really considering, I haven't fully bought into it yet. I'm trying to convince myself is that I want to get as many people with card on file as possible. So there's several different ways I could go about doing this. I could just send out a letter and say, Hey, this spring, I need every single client to have a card on file. I could go that route and that would be okay. That'd be cool. You know, that would, that would solve the problem. However, I have a lot of older clients that do not want to do that. They do not want to go that route. They're good paying customers. They pay on time. They're, they they're not late. They don't, they're, they're never past 30 days. Uh, and I, and people that pay with a check, I pre-bill them. So they're billed a month in advance. So it's no big deal. If even if they are late, you know, a week, because it's prepay, so it's not a big deal to me but the thing is I want the cash flow of the card on file because I do have quite a few with cards on file right now and the cash flow is great it's awesome but at the same time at on the same token it's also nice to have that money trickling in throughout the month so I get a big bump at the beginning of the month with the card on file. And then I get money that trickles in the rest of the month. That's really quite nice. And then I have 12 month contracts where that money, I send out a bill once a month for 12 months. So even when I'm not working, I get paid, which is really nice. So I'm trying to figure out a way to incentivize people to go with the 12 month contract, first of all, and with that, to put a card on file, and so with that, uh, because I do prepay for anyone that doesn't have a card on file, uh, something new that I tried last year, which worked really well, it was a great. It, it it turned off a lot of confusion for the customer. So for new customers, so what I did is I said, if you will put a card on file with me. I will bill you after the work is done. And that seemed to ease a lot of concern for people when it came to billing. Because prepay, you know, they have to trust me to to pay. With card on file, I have an element of trust there for them to pay to have that card that's actually available. But overall it's a good transaction. All right. Unless, unless they turn off that card, cancel the card or whatever. And then I'm out a month if they just choose not to pay, but then I go the recourse of, uh, you know, now I've got to get a lawyer involved or to, you know, put out a letter that says that I'm, I'm preparing to sue you for that money or whatever. So it is what it is there. You have that in all situations. So I'm really, I'm, I'm going over things, trying to figure out the best way to, to get people to do the 12 month contract, which more and more people are seeing the value in that because it lowers their monthly payment, but they pay all 12 months so they can actually budget. Now, some of you out there are going to say, well, that, I don't know, man, that seems really, that seems difficult because what if you estimate fall cleanup and then it turns out that it's way more? I get it. There's a risk. There's a risk in everything, but I'm willing to take that risk for that 12 months of revenue coming in every single month. So there's just some things that I'm thinking about. And I'm really, I'm, I'm looking at this year, I'm going to be putting it in my spring renewal letter that if anyone would like, if anyone puts a card on file, I will switch them to paying after the work is done. So hopefully, because it can get kind of confusing, and it can get kind of concerning. Now, I've never not done the work, and so they trust me, I've built up trust with the clients that I have. However, they might find it less confusing to pay after the work is done. And I get it, I get it. Cause sometimes I get confused with billing ahead of time. So it would be nice for both of us. So that's kind of the plan right now is just putting it in my spring renewal letter that, hey, if you will put a card on file with us, I will bill you after the work is done. And no more prepay billing. I will charge the card on file once a month uh, through the lawn care season. If there's any services outside of that, you will have to go in and manually pay that because it's just a level of security for that client. Like they're not going to get a $450 unexpected leaf cleanup bill when I can just send them the invoice and they can choose to pay that when they, when they have the funds available. So that's what I'm considering right now. I know, I know this is kind of a podcast that's all over the place, but these are things that I'm thinking about right now in the off season to prepare for the spring. I'm not thinking about snow anymore. I'm, I'm done thinking about snow. I'm doing snow all right? The time to think about a service is before you're actually doing the service. So right now I'm done thinking about snow. I was thinking about snow two months ago. Now I am thinking about spring and spring cleanups and getting billing set for next year, getting people on board with the 12-month contracts. And it works out so well, guys, because then I can add in any services that they want on a 12 month contract. And then I add them all together. I split it by 12 and that is their monthly payment. And it works so well, especially for retired people who are on a fixed income. They want or need your service, but they are on a fixed income and they really need to budget that money. Now they know exactly what they're going to pay every single month. They pay for fall cleanup over the entire course of the year. They pay for spring cleanup over the course of the entire year. They pay for snow removal over the course of the entire year. They don't have a one lump sum payment that they have to worry about coming out of their social security check or whatever. It It's paid for over the course of the entire year. And that really puts people at ease. And so I've been I've been able to sell this to a lot of folks because it just makes sense. It makes sense to people. You don't pay your cell phone bill in one lump sum at the beginning of the year. You pay it every single month. And usually it's the same, especially if you have unlimited data. It's usually the same unless you're buying apps or whatever. So, it just makes sense. Same thing because we live in a, in a subscription based society now with Netflix and Hulu and, and all these TV things. And even, even QuickBooks is subscription. Now even Microsoft word is our office is subscription. Now everything is subscription. And so it just makes sense to do a 12 month Subscription to my service where you can a la carte choose anything you want, any service you want. You can choose just lawn mowing, you can choose just gutter cleaning. Now, if it's just gutter cleaning, most of the time they are going to just pay that, and I would not offer a 12 month uh, payment plan for gutter cleaning. Okay, just saying that, just threw that out there, but um, usually it includes lawn care and spring and fall cleanup at the minimum. Usually that's what it is. Sometimes it's just lawn care. Some people want to do their spring cleanup or they have a neighbor who does their spring cleanup for free. I get it. I, I would want to save money too, just like everybody else. Every single one of us would want to save money just like that. So I don't fault people for wanting to do their own spring cleanup or wanting to have somebody do it for free, whatever. It's fine. But if they're if they have a service with me, like lawn mowing, I am willing to split that up into 12 equal payments so that they can budget. And it because we are in a subscription-based society, I'm telling you what, more and more people are going with a 12-month contract. And so I would encourage you guys, if you haven't looked into doing a 12-month contract, I would seriously look into doing it. Now I have a template, just for how my 12 month uh, my 12 month uh, contract is set up. Now I cannot give you the terms and conditions. I can't do that. I got those from someone else's contracts. I cannot give those that away. They spend a lot of money on lawyers and stuff to write that stuff up. I cannot give you that the terms and conditions. But I can give you a template for how I laid out my contracts. And so I really, uh, if you want that, I will try to figure out a way to put that for sale for let's say five bucks on my website. So if you go to uh, lansinglawnservice.com, I will attempt to put that for sale for $5 on my website, and you guys can have that forever. So, if you want to do that, uh, that is something that you can do. You can check it out, and uh, you know, I-, I hope you do because it, to me, it's very, it's very valuable. So, be patient with me, and I will get that on the website as soon as I can if I can figure out how to do it. Uh, even if I can do it. I don't know if I can even do that yet. So be patient with me. Uh, I will hopefully be able to talk about it a little bit more in the next regular episode of the podcast. Uh, The next episode that's going to be coming out is Faith Friday, so I won't be really talking about it then. However, on next Tuesday is the next regular episode. And if I can remember and if I can get it done, I will mention it on that podcast that you can purchase the, um, 12 month contract template on my website. All right, guys, that is it for this episode. I really hope that you got some value out of this. I hope that it got your wheels turning a little bit about things that you can do in your business to enhance what you're doing. Maybe bring in year round revenue, things like that. So guys, thanks for listening and I will see you in the next episode.